Some of the things that they sound might be coming off of this actual iPad. It's not actually coming out of a soundboard, so it should be fine. They could probably hear what we're saying right now. Hey guys. <laughs> so. Thank you. 
Welcome to Noblesville First, and those of you that are watching online, we are glad you're here. And uh, please use, if you're watching via Facebook, the comment section to announce your presence so you can connect with others who watch at the same time. We also like to encourage you, if you can, grab a candle and light it to represent that God's Spirit is with you and joining with us together today. And if it's too late to do it for this week, then just plan ahead for the next time that you're watching online to have a candle ready to declare the presence of God which this light represents. This time I invite you to join with me in the sharing of our call to worship as a responsive reading. Bless the Lord, O my soul, for the Lord our God is very great. God is clothed in honor and majesty, wrapped in light like a garment. God stretches out the heavens like a tent and rides on the wings of the wind. in our gathering, that we come together in your name, 
And you're with us wherever we go in this world, even with all the challenges and problems and conflict and even evil that we see, that somehow you're in the midst of that as well, paving the way for us to follow. May we celebrate that presence through the proclamation of your word, through the sharing of song and fellowship that we hope will be born. This is our prayer in the name of Christ, who is our Lord, who is present with us now. Amen. You may be seated. If you do have children, like to be part of the Young First Kids program, you're welcome now this time to take them and check in as we prepare to hear the scripture lesson from the Gospel of John. Hi, I'm John Spence. This week's scripture reading is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, 14 and 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the light was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. The Word became flesh and made His home among us. We have seen His glory, glory like that of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God. God, the only Son, who is at the Father's side, has made God known to us. We are thankful for the gift of Scripture. some of the messages in this series in which we're talking about freeing Jesus. We often put Jesus in this box to limit based upon our understanding. And therefore Jesus is not set free. The, the radical teaching he shared he came to change this world. And we often keep that in the distance. And so this whole series is about trying to use the titles that the scriptures use for Jesus and let them come alive so that Jesus can become more for us. So we've talked about Jesus as friend, talked about Jesus as teacher, Jesus as our Savior, our Lord in the way. And this week we're talking about Jesus as presence. And each of those are valuable in so many different ways. Just as Jesus is our friend, we contrast that with, with how much that the ancient world used to have gods that were angry had to be appeased, even Caesar himself, and God sent Jesus who calls us his friends. What's unique about each of these is that they invite us to see them as building blocks to a deeper understanding of Jesus, so that each of those take us to a level that lets him become all these things that he intended to be. Now, one we're focused on today, Jesus' presence is one that you won't find as a title for Jesus. It doesn't say Jesus is the present, but it's certainly implied. Did you hear the scripture we just read? It talks about Jesus as the word. And in that Greek, the Greek word was logos. And logos is something that it's a much deeper concept. Edward Marquardt describes it as Jesus as the word is saying that before the world began, Jesus was the logic of God, the mind of God, the brilliance of God. 
And that brilliant logic became flesh and lived among us. So the Gospel of John is saying that before creation even started, before time even began, Jesus was present. And then if you go to the end of the Gospel of Matthew, you find in 28.20, Jesus says these very important words, Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of this present age. So from the beginning of time until the end of time as we know it, Jesus is present. Jesus is among us. And what makes that presence so valuable, and what is so unique, I think, even from other religions, is that this logic, this brilliance, became flesh and became one of us. The scripture that was read today says it very well in verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his home among us. Now, let me share why that is so valuable to us. One of the most important books I've ever read is a book by Robert Lupton called Toxic Charity. Robert Lupton is somebody who worked for the inner city in ministry for like 20 years. He had organized so many ways of churches that minister into that inner city. They did closed closets. They did food pantries. They did Christmas giveaways. And he worked on that many, many times. And often felt so much frustration that it seemed like they didn't really even change anything. Provide a lot of help, but it just didn't seem to change that world. And so he and some of his colleagues decided to move into the area, the very area that they were trying to minister to. And so he had an experience that transformed his whole ministry. And for the first time, first Christmas Eve, he was now a neighbor. And instead of being out in the suburbs, rushing presents back and forth and organizing those families to be a part of those giveaways, he was sitting in the living room of one of his neighbors, a family that was fairly low income. That family had shown some great hospitality. Bare floors were clean. There was a smell of pine saw in the air. They had candles lit in the windows that reflected outside. There was a uh, artificial Christmas tree in the corner with one strand of colored lights on it. And he was sipping a cup of coffee and he was watching as the kids waiting in, in anticipation because they got a phone call that the Santa's helpers were coming to drop off some presents. And then he watched something that changed everything for him. It was the knock on the door, the mother opened it up and he noticed a nervous smile on her face trying to hide a hint of embarrassment. And then, before he knew it, the father was gone. It slipped out the back door. And then the kids watched with great anticipation, grabbed the presents, and they were so excited, they were tearing them open. And then he noticed that their father had left. And when he finally did, they asked where dad was. The mother tried to explain that he just had to go to the store. Well, Robert Lumpton, for the first time, saw the other side of charity. And he saw something that changed everything for him. How a father is emasculated in his own home in front of his wife and children for not being able to provide presents for his family. How a wife is forced to shield her children from their father's embarrassment. And how children get the message that the good stuff 
comes from rich people out there, and it is free. And it was only after Robert Lupton came and chose to live among the people that he came to see that. It wasn't until he became a neighbor that he was able to see what he'd been doing. And he vowed there that, and realized that not all charity is good charity. That kind of charity had to stop and vowed, and he was going to find a way to do it better. The cost was too great, the emotional pain too severe. There had to be a better way. Now, I share that story not so much to talk about ministry to the poor, but to point out what a difference it made for Robert Lupton when he came and lived among the people. And he saw their needs through their eyes. And I share that because that's the whole idea of Jesus as presence. That God came down and lived among us. And he sees our challenges, our problems. We have a God who understands our world, our problems, and all that we face. Because he's literally done that. And that's one of the most unique things about our faith. We have a God who's God where we go. And it tells us many more things. It tells us that our lives matter to God. That our welfare is of tremendous importance to a God who sometimes feels too distant, distant to do us any good. There's no worry too small, no challenge too great, that God is not eager to share it with us. And what a difference it makes to relate to a God who's been where we have been. I shared this story with our grief share program last year. It teaches me a little bit about power and meaning and presence. When I was in seminary, my father-in-law had come to live with us. He'd been with us, I think, just five weeks. He was getting healthier, he was getting stronger because he was eating better, enjoying seeing the world a little bit, doing things with us. And then one evening, I remember there was a great thunderstorm going on. And all of a sudden, he died of a heart attack right in front of us. Right in front of us, instantly. It was my first real experience with death. And it was shocking to me. And I remember going to the funeral home and having a calling at funeral home in Morrisville. And I remember all the many things that people say when you come through the line. And you know how uncomfortable that is. You go to say. And use the best thing to do is just share a memory, let them know you're praying for them and move on. So some things that we shared were helpful and some things not so helpful. But the most important thing I experienced that night, and I remember seeing her back in the line, which was going back a ways, and I looked at her, and this was a friend of mine I hadn't seen for a year. Her name was Sue. And I knew that she had lost her father just a few weeks before that in a similar sudden way. And when she got up in line, she looked at me, and she tried to say something. She just couldn't get anything out. She was just too emotionally caught up. Of course, that was putting her through her grief once again. And I looked at her, looked at me, we just hugged. And it was the best hug. Best hug I've ever had in my life. And the words needed to be said. She knew more than anybody that night what I was feeling, 
but she lived through it herself. And that's the beauty of Jesus as presence. We pray not to a mysterious spirit, but to a person who's walked this earth, who's experienced our vulnerability, even as a baby born in a manger, whose family had to flee like refugees away from the wrath of King Herod, who grew up in a humble carpenter's home with siblings who didn't understand him and did not follow him, even until after his resurrection. Jesus spoke in parables so that ordinary people like you and I could understand the mysteries of God. Jesus was one of us in every way possible, and he promised his disciples on that last night in the upper room, before he's betrayed, that if they continue to abide with him, in that presence again, that he'll sure that their lives will change the world. I mean, listen to these words from the 15th chapter of John. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. A branch can't produce fruit by itself, but must remain in the vine. Likewise, you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything. So we should not underestimate the importance of it literally fueled those early disciples. They knew somehow Jesus was with them. And this is the Jesus who knew what they were facing, even the challenges, the persecutions, because they followed the Lord who died on the cross and came back from the dead. The Apostle Paul faced all kinds of trials, ended up in jail, and never saw that as a problem, but as an opportunity to bring someone else to faith. So let us not underestimate the importance of presence. A couple weeks ago, I was attending a webinar. It was a leadership institute that was hosted by Church of the Resurrection in Kansas City, Kansas. Adam Hamilton was sharing a message to us pastors to not lose heart during this pandemic. That while we see all the limits to what we can can't do, to look for the possibilities. And he shared a story that's pretty amazing, but it's a true story. This past year, he was had a speaking engagement in the South, and so he flew through Atlanta. Everybody, anybody been to that airport? Yeah. And he was between planes. He had quite a bit of time between planes. And as he was walking to his next uh, terminal, he saw a crowd of people gathered around, and when he got close, he saw that there was somebody being helped on the floor. Medics. So he made his way through the crowd and made it known that he was a pastor, if there's any way he could be helpful, but they said not right now. So he just stood back in the crowd and he just decided just to stay and pray for that gentleman. Didn't know who he was, but just thought for some reason he felt moved to do that. So eventually the person was taken away and he went on to his flight. And that next week when he got back to Kansas City, he got a phone call from one of his members. And that member shared that he wanted him to pray for his family because he had lost his father. And for some reason, Adam decided to not just to pray over the phone, but he went to visit him. And so the man shared the story. He said, I'm sorry to bother you, 
But I'm just really having a hard time dealing with this because my dad died alone. There was no family around, and I just keep feeling so terrible that he had to die alone. And when he went to explain that he had actually died in the airport, and he said, what airport? Atlanta. What day did this happen? And it turns out that gentleman was this man's father. Isn't God good? And Adam was able to explain to him, well, your dad didn't die alone. God made sure somebody was there to pray for him. That is God's presence. And we should never take that for granted. Knowing that God is with us even when the circumstances are not what we want them to be provides us strength to endure all these challenges. Now, if you're pretty sophisticated theologically, you might be thinking, well, Jerry, isn't this the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Why aren't we talking about this on Pentecost? We talk about wind blows where it wills. And you would have a good point. If you know the doctrine of the Trinity well, then you know what well, we got Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And you might have developed this formula in your head that says, okay, God created the world. And he put up with us until he finally decided to try something else and send Jesus down. Jesus gave his life. And then Jesus handed the baton to the Holy Spirit, right? Isn't that how it works? Well, it's not quite that simple, people. <laughs> We need to know that the Trinity is a formula, a human formula, that helps us try to make sure we fully grasp the fullness of God. To make sure that we know that God is creator, God is redeemer, God is the sustainer. And often those functions overlap. We can't just make it nice and neat like that. As our scriptures suggest, Jesus was the word in the beginning. And we'll be there until the end. The concept of the Holy Spirit is helpful, it's valuable, because it lets us know that God is not limited by space and time. He can enter our hearts, our lives, and our relationships at any point that's necessary. But what we celebrate today, whether you're praying to the Holy Spirit or to Jesus and that presence, we celebrate that we have the knowledge that we're praying to, we're relating to, we're serving a God who's walked this earth and is still with us in all the details of our lives. We serve a God who sent Jesus, who's already been wherever we need to go. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, we do celebrate you as our friend. You as our teacher, our Savior, our Lord. You are the way. But you're also present with us in that unique way because you've been where we've been. You've walked this earth. So when we pray to you, we know we're praying to somebody who really knows what's going on inside us and in this world. And for this, we're so very, very thankful. Amen.
that whoever created that hiring campaign for Starbucks was aware of the outlook of the younger generations today who are looking to be part of something bigger. To that end, younger generations aren't buying houses or cars at the same rates as previous generations, but they're using their resources to have experiences that take them out of their ordinary, everyday lives. Maybe that's a vacation, or maybe that's spending some time in nature. Maybe that's a concert or some type of encounter with the arts where they're reminded that they can connect with something bigger than themselves. Well, that's exactly what this new organ remind us that we can connect with something bigger. There's nothing like the sound of a pipe organ in a room like this that's so tall and so beautiful to take us to a place of transcendence, a place where our spirits are awakened and we're aware of the presence of God within us. So this organ reminds us that God is bigger than us and bigger than our ordinary lives. And this organ is designed to do that for us in our worship services for all who come, including the younger generations who want to be a part of something bigger. So I invite you today to support the organ campaign. As you can see on the screen there, the pipes are calling, and we hope you will respond with your donation. There are paper uh, donation forms, uh, pledge forms out and you can also go online to our website where there's also a donation form there. So I hope that you will join with us in making this project a reality. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. A few announcements I'd like to bring your attention. We have planned the Fall Fest on Saturday, October 30th, two to five in the afternoon. And we're really hoping we can make this a big event, not just for our church, but for our community. We hope that maybe we can turn this into a tradition that people want to go out to teeter and experience all that it has to offer. So we have the teeter team that's putting together a hayride. We're working on a possible petting zoo, as well as other things. And we have lots of children's activities planned. And for that, we need volunteers. So if you would, please look for this graphic on our website, and it'll take you to a, a sign-up genus where you can sign up for just the activity you'd be most comfortable doing. Uh, so please help us out as we make this a, a very meaningful and a, a successful day as we connect with our community. The fourth Wednesday luncheon is Wednesday, October 27th, and it's a special program this time, uh, led by Kim Macy with the Pajama Program that calls for us to bring some donations let this ministry reach out to children in so many ways. So please read all the details of that. The lunch is provided by Chef Mike Cower. I think he's doing chicken pot pie this time. So please uh, register through that process there. And our dinners on this. We continue to collect uh, items. Uh, instead of being able to do a dinner during this pandemic, we are letting them come and pick up foodstuffs uh, to help them through. So check out the needs of there. There's a nice list that tells you what is most helpful to get. Also, I want to thank Kathy Combs 
who has put together a very simple way for people to connect, especially if you're new, uh, what's the ways to get more involved with this congregation, to get to know better what's happening. It's called Next Steps. So just go to the website, look for this, and you'll find uh, where you can register your attendance if you're watching online. You can also give online through that. You can share prayer requests, as well as the opportunities to volunteer that's shared in our connection card that we have here in person. And if you're visiting today, please make sure that you check with Pam Kaplinger after the service. She'll be out in the hallway, and she'll help you get the information you need to better become a part of this congregation. This time, I invite you to pull out your connection card. For those of you here, it's the way you can register your attendance. You'll find a place in the front to share the best method of contact. In the back, you'll find a place for prayer requests. And today, we're lifting up the youngest adults gathering. It's going to happen on November 7th, right after the 11 o'clock service. Also, in place of the Kids Help Program in White River Elementary, Gene Morris has worked with the school counselor there, Megan Thomas, to form an after-school activity. And the nice thing about it is if you're a little busy uh, throughout the school year, you don't have to be there every time. You're not linked up one-on-one -on -one with the student, but just be there with a pool of adults that will help do activities with the kids and provide role models to encourage their academic excellence. And we also have Veterans Day coming up. We want to be sure we recognize all of our veterans, so please check that out and share who that might be so that we thank them for their service. I think the rest of the announcements you can read on your own. So at this point, let's ask for God's blessing upon the tithes and the offerings that we share in his name. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to serve. We thank you for your presence. It's always here. We're grateful for your generous spirit who continues to reach out to us over and over again through history and in our personal lives. Help us to be as generous as well as we give back to give to others in your name. That through our generosity, others might come to know of your special and unique love that's been made possible. All this we say and share in the name of Christ who is our Lord.
journey through hospice, including all the many families that walk this path. Also, please pray for Sherry Evers as she recovers from an infection and blood pressure issues and is doing home physical therapy to regain her strength. We'd also like to share and celebrate joys this morning with Jill and Randy Murley, celebrating the birth of their new grandson, Clark Taylor Murley, who was born on October 5th this year. Congratulations to all the family on this new birth. We'd also like to celebrate and say thank you to all the many volunteers that worked so tirelessly during the recent rummage sale and for the many blessings given to others beyond our doors because of this ministry. We ask that you please share your prayer concerns using the website link to prayer requests or use your Noblesville First app where the prayer request form is also available. And you may contact your pastoral care team for upcoming surgeries or pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com or the 24-7 care line at 
during our prayers and petitions over the years, many of us have heard the words, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Father, the words can roll through our minds and from our tongues so quickly. Sometimes we don't stop to consider the deepness and the truth of its meaning. We find it difficult to slow down enough to receive the feelings of your fullness, of your presence, of your here and now. I wonder, Lord Jesus, does this sadden you that we cannot or do not recognize your presence in this world as you touch us in our hearts or when you share your voice and actions as spoken to us through others? I know how I would feel, Holy Spirit, if you chose not to recognize me. Or Jesus, if you walk past me in the narthex without even so much as a glance. Jesus, my heart would be crushed forever. My life would have no purpose if you never called or whispered my name. Perish the thought that a world could ever possibly exist without you. This simply cannot be in the life of those who love you. You are always present, Lord, around us, beside us, within us. You will never abandon us, and you will always care for us in our joys and in our sufferings. Forgive us, Lord, when we think otherwise. Steady our faith, Father. May we hear your voice in our daily lives, because God you are the great I am, and the great is now. Forgive us, Lord, when we do not recognize you or receive the gift of your loving presence and divine peace, the holiest place of all. Please keep us ever mindful of you in everything we do in our lives, because our lives belong to you, our Creator, Good Shepherd. Thank you for being here and for being our God who loves us and for teaching us the Lord's Prayer that we say together in the here and now and with you, Jesus. Our Father,
celebrate the presence of Jesus, who's in the details of our life, who's already where ever you need to go.